Old and in the way, sisters, laugh and learn with me, Janet. And me, Nancy. The, the Bitchin' sisters. sisters. As we tell it like it is, the way it was back then and the mess we're in now. We're growing old in a new world with skyrocketing costs, crazy fashions, changing norms, and I hate to remind you, with limited time left. <laughs> yeah. We've got some practical ideas that might work for you. And we definitely have some opinions that you might have, too. We'll entertain you and inform you. Let's look back at how it was and ahead to what's coming. And if you're young, maybe you can learn something from your elders. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, we're wise, but we've definitely been there and done that. Whatever happened to those hippies? Well, you know, Janet, as well as me, that growing up, Mom and Dad... They were good providers. Mm -hmm. they, yeah, they gave us food, clothing, a roof over our head, the three essentials. And I thought we were rich because all our needs were met. And once I went to college, it was at Florida State in Tallahassee in 67, I started to find my own way, both in my thoughts and in how I lived. I lived... Janet with sweet abandon and no boundaries. For one thing, I didn't have a car, so I hitchhiked a lot. Mom and Dad knew about this because I remember going home once and and uh, sitting on the their bed with them and asking for a car. And I said, "Well, if I don't have a car, I'm going to hitchhike." And they didn't budge. Really? So, yeah. I can't believe that. I know. So they said no. I was like in shock. So I hitchhiked all over the United States one summer with a girlfriend, Elvira. And you survived. Yes. We even went down into Mexico as far as Guadalajara. And just so you know, nothing bad happened to us. And we met a lot of really wonderful, wonderful, generous people. No, wait. I thought you had to jump out of a car once. Well, I had two close calls. And it curbed my appetite for that mode of travel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also dressed the part. Suede belts, fringed vests, bell bottoms, backless tie-dye dresses, and <gasps> no bra. Ooh. Didn't shave my legs or underarms either. <laughs> you? What do you mean, me what? Did you shave? Well, back then I was uh, sitting at home and watching TV with my little children oh. and that kind of thing. You know, okay. We were at different stages okay. of development, shall we say. Oh, that's yeah, and I had no idea you were doing these kinds of things back then. No, Mom and Dad never talked about really? us kids to each other. Really? I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I didn't know what Roger and Gary were, or you were up to. They didn't tell us. Hmm. I even had an afro. Did you know that? Eh, I cannot imagine that I'm looking at you right now and uh, straight... <laughs> Almost white hair. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I remember one time with my afro when I gave birth to Jesse, uh, a woman who was in the same room as me at the hospital, she was an African-American. Uh -huh. She thought I was black until she saw my butt. <laughs> anyway, I fit right into the 60s. I was introduced to marijuana, I learned to play the guitar, and I sang in a nightclub barefoot. As for oh, men, well, everything then. Yeah, and you know, I was like at the top of my game. As for men, I picked up, I don't know if you knew this, I picked up two guys hitchhiking in Tallahassee. They were on their way to Mardi Gras, and I went with them, Ooh. and I brought one back with me, 
And two months later, I married him by floating down the Rainbow River in Denellen, no, Florida. No, I had no idea that this was such a short-lived... Um, Romance. Yeah. And the city clerk was waiting for us. No adults, just our friends. My hubby wore a Mexican shirt and pants, and I wore a black leotard and bib overalls so I could recycle them. <laughs> I guess we were famous because they had an article about it in the newspaper. Yeah, I have I, it framed. I, I've got a copy of that article. <laughs> my lifestyle changed as I made my own way in life with my new husband. We hitchhiked up to D.C. to protest the war in Vietnam and lived in a teepee in a field in Venice, Florida. I was doing an internship as a teacher candidate in public school. My advisor came and spent the night with us in the teepee. And after observing me at school, I remember he said, his name was Gordon, he said, you'd do well in any alternative education setting. Hmm. I knew I didn't like regular school. The teachers yelled at the kids, and they wouldn't let struggling readers read what they were interested in, but they made them read primers. Yeah, we, we had that problem with some of our kids. I never wanted to step foot in a public school setting, and here I was graduating. So now what was I going to do? A month later... We drove our yellow Rambler, Rambler up to Maine with the teepee pole sticking through the back of the car. We removed the back seat to do this. We also had a trailer in the rear with an Indian motorcycle in the back. We looked pretty hippie-ish, I guess. We spent the summer in a renovated chicken shack. It was, I love that place. You're going down. <laughs> From the teepee. I cleaned house for a millionaire. And my other half helped take care of summer cottages off the coast. You know, it was yeah. a wonderful life. We I were was happy. just going to say, this sounds horrible. Oh. <laughs> well, even with a college degree, I was still floundering, though, in the dark. What, was I, what did I want to do with my life? We moved to an apartment in Orono, and I waitressed, and my husband pursued a master's in fine arts. I marveled at how he and many of our friends had a direction in life. They knew what they wanted to be, unlike me. I would even ask them how they knew what they wanted to do in life. What did they say? Oh, they gave me varied answers, like they always knew it, or they stumbled upon it, or they were following in their parents' footsteps, something like that. In fact, I would cry at night wondering what I was put on earth to accomplish. You really think you were put on earth to accomplish <laughs> something? That's the first mistake, I think. <laughs> okay. Eventually... I stumbled on my purpose in life. My hippie ways led me to believe in peace. I believed in not hurting people or animals. I became a vegetarian for 17 years, and I lived off of Moosewood Cookbook. I loved all I, I the I think you gave one to me. I have that Oh, I love, that, I love that cookbook. I loved all the peace songs sung by folk music stars from Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Joan Baez. One day, I got a book from you. What? You probably don't even remember this. It was a book by Maria Montessori. Ah. And I had Something about something mind. The something mind. Well, uh, anyway. Okay. I think you gave it to me because your daughter was in Montessori school. She was. She went to Montessori when she was two years old. Well, why did you give it to me? I probably thought it would be of interest to you. I mean, I read it and then I did got you, her involved. Did you in like it? The book? Uh -huh. it's, yeah. It was called Her Life and Work, I Okay. Think. Didn't she start with um, some handicapped yeah. little kids, and then she worked with them, and they became pretty normalized? Yes. And everybody was shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I identified with her ideas about 
How to Educate for Peace. My favorite quote of hers is, avoiding war is the work of politics or politicians. Establishing peace is the work of education. So I visited, uh, I mean, it spurred me. I, I visited several Montessori schools and I observed teachers guiding kids with special materials and the kids were happy and they were not sitting in their seats. They were moving around with purpose. There was a quiet hum to the room and no desks. And it was sometimes hard to even find the teacher because hmm. she was on the floor working with the kids, not in front of the room. So I signed up immediately for a correspondence course from London to become a Montessori teacher back when there were no computers. And this is about when what you're more or less... Uh, 80. Oh, okay. In essence, I was transformed by that book, by the teachings of Maria Montessori. Though my dress, my brief, my brief use of drugs and hitchhiking has all come to an end now, the part of my soul that believes in peace remains very strong. And from that seed, I blossomed. I had my own private Montessori school. I helped start five charter Montessori schools, and I taught in one for over 15 years. I've taught college classes on Montessori, started Wisconsin Montessori Association, Maine Montessori Association, and even in retirement. I continue to give workshops, and I speak, I'm speak. i speaking mm -hmm. at a conference in January. I've mentored upcoming Montessori teachers. I mean, my life is Montessori. I love every bit of it, all because I know the purpose is for peace full generations of the future. They're our only hope, and I'm doing my part to bring this type of education to kids for free through Charter Monastery. Otherwise, it's yeah. very, very and, expensive. And you're actually doing it. You've, yeah. You've actually done it. My, well, he's related to you too, but my, whoops, let's see, great-grandson, Thatcher, went to the Montessori School in Barroqua, Wisconsin, that you established... Year, years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And so, you know, ultimately, out of my journey to discover what I was supposed to do on this earth, I finally found peace within myself. I had found a purpose. So if you wonder whatever happened to the hippies, you may not see us all dressed up in our 60s garb, but the ideals of global peace and love and respect for all still remain. Wow, you're a much better person than I am. I have to admit, at last. <laughs> I, I don't have any... I, uh, yeah, I'm still a hippie is the problem. <laughs> I shouldn't even say that. I I had a totally, totally different... Um, I won't go into detail, but I started out, as I say, when you were doing some of these things, I was sitting at home Watching, um, like, the Beverly Hillbillies. And <laughs> well, you were a mom, right? Yeah, and this is when I and my husband went to work, and I stayed home with um, the one child. Eventually there were two. And uh, I, I don't know, everyone had always said, you know, you're growing up, oh, you're going to be an artist. So I took, I took a different path, and it wasn't nearly as... Um, uh, changeable and interesting as yours. And perhaps it will be told on another episode of of Olden in the Way. It's or the Bitchin', Bitchin Sisters. Sisters. 
Janet and I come to you twice a month with new episodes. Some are funny, some are serious, some are just our crazy opinions. I hope you enjoyed our show. Me too. It's been a pleasure. We are Nancy and Janet, the The Bitchin' Bitchin Sisters. Music by Hall and Sidnor. Along the way